You're listening to Talk Daredevil, a podcast about all things Daredevil in the greater Marvel Universe, brought to you by the women behind Saved Daredevil. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talk Daredevil. Today, we'll be discussing She-Hulk. Uh, the comics, our hopes for the TV show, and all that stuff. Uh, I'm Christine, and joining me today are... Hey, I'm Shelby. Hey, it's Casey. Uh, so much fun to have the uh, sort of the comics crew united again to talk, and we're all very, very excited. Let's uh, actually start there, you know, just talking about how excited we are about the uh, She-Hulk TV show, which will be out very soon. And by the time you guys hear this, it'll probably be like coming, you know, the next few days. So what are you guys most excited for? When we first heard about this, I think it, what was it? It was just that we heard Daredevil was going to be in She-Hulk. And I thought, how are they going to do that? But, you know, now we've got little uh, snippets along and along that it's really going to be more than that. We're going to get to see some Matt and Jen maybe go head to head and the yellow suit. And I mean, can we be more hyped? I mean, this is the first time that we're going to get to see Matt really, you know, interact with somebody on screen in the Disney Plus Marvel Studios MCU. So I'm excited. And doing more than catch one brick, too. Right. Yes. Even though that was glorious. That was a glorious scene. That's not dunk on the, the brick scene, but it, this seems to be a little bit more than that. So I think it looks like it'll be a fun show, um, not just because our, our Daredevil is going to be in it. But the cast looks like it'll be fun and they have a good rapport with each other. But I'm not going to lie. I totally saw um, the clip of uh, Daredevil in the yellow suit and I might have cried. Christine, you were at San Diego Comic-Con when you first got the look. Yes, and then I Casey did. And I were in the Discord chat. So we all were we were all losing our minds over the suit because we didn't know. Yeah, that that was so unexpected. And just as a short kind of, you know, uh, retrospective, we, those of us who were in Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con, we were not sure that we were going to get any kind of news or anything. And we most definitely did not expect an appearance in a She-Hulk trailer. So this was after the big news came that Daredevil was going to come back and have his own new show. So this was just icing on the cake. The She-Hulk panel came right after that. So instead of like paying attention, I think most of us were just like totally numb. We couldn't grapple with anything really. So everyone's like, what? Does anyone remember anything from the She-Hulk panel? And, and we didn't really, none of us. But then at the end when they showed the trailer and there was that, because it's that final, final bit, like after sort of the, like they do the credits again at the end of the trailer. It's like after that was when they had that Daredevil scene and we just about lost it. So, but even aside from that, I have to say that I think like with or without Matt, I mean, I'm ex- as excited as everyone is about seeing him come back and face off against another lawyer. Uh, we'll talk more about that. But aside from that, it looks like a really fun show. It looks like the people in the show had fun shooting the show. And it looks mm-hmm. like everyone, when they're talking about it, they all just sound pretty confident that they put together something that is entertaining and just like fun and engaging. And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to the show overall. I, I like the trailers. They had the early trailers where they got a lot of, um, uh, a lot of criticism for the low quality CGI, but I think they've, that one's been touched up a bit too. And it's just like, I like what I'm seeing. It's going to be really interesting. So just to, uh, before we go into the comics, we should 
side of things you should tell our listeners that we all were fairly new to She-Hulk comics before we decided to <laughs> read some before recording this pod. We had all, I think, read the um, more recent stuff where there's a crossover where Matt appears in the uh, She-Hulk run by uh, Soul and Polito from 2014. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all of, I think, was our really the extent of our experience with, with She-Hulk. So we set out to um, get a better sense of who She-Hulk is. And um, uh, maybe I should go back first into sort of the history. I decided to uh, to actually pick up, um, well, not pick up, I have Marvel uh, Unlimited. So I decided to read the first She-Hulk run, which is started in, in 1980, um, which is called Savage She-Hulk. And it is a 25 issue run. And it is, uh, I should probably know the name of the person who wrote it, but I don't for the moment. So uh, we'll put that in the show notes. But it's, um, it's got She-Hulk's origin and it's got like, it's a pretty solid 25 issues. Like seriously, I was one of the reasons, I mean, we were just going to do research for this. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just read the origin issue. And then I just kind of kept reading because I thought it was kind of, it was interesting They've got Jennifer Walters in in the original issue. She doesn't look much like I remember her looking from like her later appearances, even though, of course, now in the more modern comics, she's in her She-Hulk persona a lot. But in the, of course, earlier comics, she switches kind of between She-Hulk and and Jennifer Walters more. But anyway, the origin is that uh, she's an attorney, a criminal defense lawyer. She works out of LA and she is has found herself kind of on the wrong side of, um, well, she's in a little dust up with a mob, shall we say, where she bravely goes up against them. She's defending a guy. The good old mob. A good, good 1980s uh, mob, mob confrontation. Anyway, so she's taking a lot of risks and they have the these like mob people who are like out to uh, to get her. And while she's un- under this threat, then her, her cousin, Bruce Banner, shows up to visit her. And apparently they haven't seen each other in many years for some reason that they don't even go into because it's like, oh, we were like brother and sister. And then apparently there's a lot of touch. But they do also talk about how he's quite a bit older than she is. Uh, which I know is something that people are commenting on when it comes to like the uh, both the actors and the characters in the She-Hulk show that it's like there's quite a bit of an age difference. But apparently that's, I mean, not uncommon with cousins, but also seems to have been a thing um, in the uh, in the comics as well. So anyway, she's shot by the mob while Bruce is there. And he has just told her that he's also the Hulk, by the way, because she didn't know that before then. I don't think anyone else in the family knew that. And then he's trying to, like, save her. So he gives her, like, he finds, like, a a clinic where he can do this. He gives her a blood transfusion. And then after that, she's taken to the hospital to, I guess, get treated for her actual bullet wound. And then, uh, so gradually from there is where she gets her powers. And I think they're aiming for something similar in the show. But um, the the first run of She-Hulk, for just for people who don't know, not only does she not break the fourth wall or do any of that stuff, that was something that came along with Burns' take on, on She-Hulk, which started in 1989. And uh, it's also not necessarily like a humor. Like if you read the Soul Polita run, which we'll get to later, that one is more, it's quirkier, you know, like it's it's supposed to be kind of funny or, you know, it has a, that lighter tone. But these first 25 issues are actually pretty dark. Like in the second issue, her best friend dies. And then she, she's got everyone thinking she's a murderer because she's being set up. And there's like all of this stuff going oh my on. God. She has a falling out with her dad. Her dad wow. starts... 
It's like her dad hates She-Hulk. You are selling me on this run. I did not realize that she, this is greedy. This is Yeah, yeah. and I'm not going to give it all away. I can tell you like, well, her best friend dies in the second issue. So that's not too much of a spoiler. It's a 25 issue run. Um, Dark stuff happens. And she's got like all of this, like her identity struggles where she's feeling like super empowered as as She-Hulk. And she's feeling very sort of just tired and stressed as Jennifer. And she's got this super, you know, like um, the district attorney she goes up against all the time, who's someone called Buck Bukowski, who's got like this these like 1980s, like really horrible, like disco glasses. And he's like real prick. And he is just so mean to her. And like he belittles her all the time. And there are like so many people you, you read about in these first stories that you just want to like, you want to hit them or something. I mean, and then, yeah, so she's got a very sort of complicated life with, with like her friends and family and everything. And it is like, seriously, people go read this. I think I got to read this now because I was really only familiar with her through Avengers sort of stuff. Carol Danvers, like her relationship with Captain Marvel. So now, yeah, I want to go back and read the dark stuff. Yeah, because it's dark and kind of gritty and it's very insightful. It's like I was not expecting that level of depth. No. But it's really quite ambitious. For the most part, it's actually pretty surprisingly grounded and kind of gritty and like very dramatic. So yeah, definitely go read those. But Another thing I wanted to say before I, I kind of turn the floor over uh, to you guys or to turn it back is that uh, one thing that surprised me about the early issues, too, is that how much it focuses still on her life as a lawyer. She's much more actively in her lawyer persona and her civilian life than Matt is. I wonder if the difference is that she was like a lawyer when this happened to her. So like it came later, like her whole powers, everything came into an already fully formed life so to speak. Whereas in, in Matt's case, it's just like, that's like one thing he does, but it's not such a huge overwhelming aspect of like his personality. Um, I, I think it should be more of one. Actually, I want to see more legal stuff with Matt, but, uh, but with, with Jennifer, it's like, they're not afraid of going like, Hey, procedural law drama in that, that book at all. There's like, it's a constant thing throughout almost every issue that there's like, it's related to some some kind of case, or there's at least a case going on in the background, and and um, and her work is very very important. So there was actually a um, quick like one second clip within that newest trailer that she said that Jennifer said, "I did not go to law school to, to become a vigilante." Oh, Jennifer, you just don't even know. So what what kind of skills does she have in that run, Christine? Like, what is her fighting? style is it all just brute force or it's it's there's yeah a lot of brute force not much beyond that she doesn't have any really nothing that's hard to explain she does have one thing that happens to her in the in the early run though is that she um does develop like a blood disorder from from the exposure that she got when she got the blood transfusion so she will have these progressively worsening sort of spells either when she like switches between uh, She-Hulk and, and Jennifer or even like she'll have like times when she's She-Hulk where she will be like drained and weak so she has a like a, a one friend who knows about her being She-Hulk and they um, he's a he's a med student um, and also that her neighbor growing up so they know each other from childhood and he takes a sample of her blood and has that tested and they realize that she's got this this disease and she needs to be treated by Dr. Morbius of all people. Oh God. 
Yeah, so there's a lot of like tie-ins with all these other really well-known Marvel characters. So again, super fun run to read. Savage She-Hulk. So is she going to say it's Morbin time in the show? Oh my God, I was about to say that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I hope not. But it's interesting that she does actually get, because it's always like, you always have these, these characters who, you know, they got all this radioactivity and like they get powers, but nothing bad happens. But in her case, he actually does develop some kind of disease from this. Um, but of course, it's like an easy serum, like an she antidote. She gets like so. a faint, like a fainting sickness. Oh, honestly, though, she's, she's really not, um, the way she's written, like there's a lot of like 1980s type of like misogyny in this run. But it's not that there. It's it's very like pro Jennifer, all around. But she's just like treated like like shit by a lot of like the the men around her, you know. Uh, but it's like you're rooting for her like consistently because it's like it's like it's very clear to the reader that she knows her stuff. She's very good at her job, and that even though she's got these like doubt self doubts as Jennifer, it's still like to the reader, it's clear that no Jennifer also kicks ass. It's a nice kind of character study that way. But she feels very powerful being She-Hulk, of course. So that's that's good because I I was reading on the Wikipedia page about her skills, and it does say even in her Jennifer Walters form, she possesses sufficient sufficient skill in the martial art. I think that must have developed later to dispatch several would-be muggers. Yeah, maybe if you spent enough time in the She-Hulk body, like you you pick stuff up that you can also use when you're. Like Jennifer? It also says she was trained by Captain America and Gamora. Oh, that's not from the first run, so that's probably happens. Uses acupressure to render abomination. Yeah, no, she's only got like she in the in the first uh first run, there's only um I mean brute strength. That's pretty much it. It's it's a Hulk thing. But there's nothing like she doesn't, you know, no energy blasts or anything like that. It's just the strength. Yeah, I feel like from the clips we've seen, we're gonna get like a quick maybe origin and her trying to figure her powers out so mm-hmm. she might not be as skilled as she is as an avenger later on down the road also says she now this is funny you guys it also says she is a skilled pilot and has previously used a modified 1995 dodge automobile equipped with technology enabling flight in earth's atmosphere <laughs> Well, I suspect that must have happened after 1995, though. Oh, my God. A 1995 Dodge? But have you had a 1995 Dodge? Because my mom did, and that thing was a tank. Okay. So it could. Okay. Okay. Well, Casey, yeah, maybe maybe it takes special expertise to handle it really well. (laughs) (laughs) That's her power. (laughs) But anyway, it seems like she's she's kind of evolved quite a bit as a character uh, since that first run. Like like we mentioned, the, uh, the fourth wall breaking happens in uh starting in 1989 i guess during the uh john byrne when he was a writer and then uh there's yeah uh not too much of that though in the like if you want to talk about the 2014 issues where where our boy matt also appears before we get into talking about the comics um that we all read probably the biggest question a lot of fans have is why is Matt classified as a vigilante and can be disbarred, but Jennifer does not. Or at least in everything that I've looked over, she has never been disbarred. And Matt has during the Wade run. And there's always been that little bit of danger. From what I can figure out, the short answer is Marvel has classified Matt as a vigilante and Marvel has classified Jen as not. But the long answer that I figured out, maybe, was that Matt isn't really backed by any of the government agencies like S.H.I.E.L.D. or 
any or sword or any other ones in the comics. And he also doesn't trust S.H.I.E.L.D. That's a different, you know, sidetrack. Um, he did have like that small stint in the New Avengers with Luke Cage, but I guess that didn't really count as having any sort of government blessing, I guess. But he also did a, he does a lot of daredeviling in his cases. And that's a lot of uh, reason to, you know, throw out evidence. <laughs> yeah, Matt makes things tricky for everybody. Yeah. And then with uh, Jennifer, it's really hard to hide her Hulk status. <laughs> so it's kind of already disclosed, unlike Matt disclosing that he's Daredevil to his clients. And she has been in several superhero groups um, that are maybe backed by S.H.I.E.L.D. and maybe not. But I think it really comes down to is both of their reasons add drama. With Matt's vigilantism, you're always like, ooh, is he going to get caught? And with Jennifer, you're like, ooh, is she going to Hulk out in the... In the courtroom. Yeah, yeah. It still still seems kind of a sketchy area. And it really just comes down to the writer and the editor. Yeah, that's, that's usually how these stories work. It's like the common question that so many people ask on the internet. Would this, would this hero beat that hero in a fight? And I always say it depends on what the writer wants for that particular issue. And I think that's, that's the case for a lot of these things where it's like it's been set up a certain way that, I mean, these are like the parameters. <laughs> and uh, I think with her, especially now more recently, where it's like very clear that she is the Hulk, then it's, uh, it, it, I guess it also forces her to separate her lawyering from her She-Hulk hulking activities. So they don't interfere. If you too hulk much. out in court, does that get your case? Like, do you, you you have to start over then? Is that a mistrial when you hulk out? I don't know. Do we have any? Do we know anything about that? I'm looking at Casey. Like, like I just wonder. Something? You know, all all I have to go on is the trial of an Incredible Hulk movie where he hulked out. I guess we'll find out. Maybe it's just a recess. I guess it depends on the judge. <laughs> yeah, they'll call a recess and be like, Jen, take a chill pill. Come back in an hour. I mean, we all have those days, right? <laughs> yeah, you just can't tell on the outside. Yes. <laughs> I guess it's harder to hide your emotions if you're... I mean, now that she's in like kind of her Hulk or Hulk persona most of the time, it's different. But I'm thinking like going back... Well, I'm going to have to read all of those issues because that's a, a, another thing. Like what I realized after reading the first round, I was like, oh, I want to read more She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, we'll definitely have to read more She-Hulk before the the, um, uh, the show comes out, and maybe we can answer those questions in, in more in more detail. So, how about um, Matt and Jen facing off in in court? What's the history Looks there? Like in uh, 2005, is like their first official meeting during House of M, but that was like an alternate storyline, if I'm like an alternate universe, if I'm remembering that correctly. And there was like that tabloid, and I think it was in the second issue. Um, it sounds like a, you know, like a, like, like a celebrity page six about um, She-Hulk and, well, Jennifer and Matt flirting in the courtroom. It's very like Kim Kardashian, Pete, whatever his name is, that written that way. Very tabloidy. Like, here's these two lawyers. She's green. He's blind. <laughs> People can correct us if we're wrong. I mean, that's the, that's the first crossover that I, that we found yeah. of the two was in 2005. In this house of him, which is a very ends up, it's a very sad story. But yeah, um, having to deal with Wanda, and I know Wanda is really big right now, and I'm sure most people have read it or at least know the story. But yeah, I, I read I read House of M uh, quite a few years ago. I really liked it, but it is uh, yeah heavy stuff. But it's interesting though. We were talking about that uh, before we we started recording that how they uh, 
like the two most famous superhero lawyers haven't met really much in the comics at all until quite recently. So it's uh, that's uh, going to be great to see in the show to see how they play off yeah, each other. Yeah, we need more of that. Yes, we need more more lawyer Matt everywhere. Comics show. So um, do we want to maybe talk about the few encounters they have had? Um, that have been more recent? From yeah, like because we have to skip forward like almost 10 years before they cross over again. And it takes a writer who is a lawyer to do this. I like this one, you guys. This is good. The whole, the entire run, not just the mat. I mean, I think I went into it thinking I was just going to read the mat issues. And then I was like, no, I'm going to read the whole thing. And it was, I loved it. Yeah, it's really, it's it really fun. I love what they're doing with it. I love the tone, how it, it does have that, you know, it's a fun, also sometimes funny, but definitely fun uh, kind of romp that, I mean, it does hit some serious notes as well, of course, but very entertaining and very well written. And you can tell that it's yeah, by a lawyer. Yeah, you got some big players like Victor Von Doom's son is why she initially wants to talk to Matt because she's representing him and she mm-hmm. wants some advice. And you get that cute little panel where they're on the, bridge together and I'm like please please let me have this in the show what's interesting about that scene though is that it takes place while Matt is in California and Jennifer is based in mm-hmm. New York whereas in the show um, it's going to be the other way around presumably and it's also the case that the um, uh, original She-Hulk is also set in LA so they are both like so in the and this um soul polito during that run they are actually in each other's birthplaces there's a bit of a mix up there so that's interesting but they don't they don't mention anything about that during the story itself but it's a thing that since i just read the <laughs> the shield stuff it, it kind of occurred to me yeah. that that's and then they, they joke that they've never gone head to head and she's like be careful mm-hmm. what you wish for some foreshadowing <laughs> <laughs> And then they sort of do some like crime busting together. They do some like hulking and daredeviling together in some panels. Yeah, that was fun. I love how in so many comics is almost when when the heroes do that together, it's almost portrayed as a kind of dance where they just go out and just look like super, I don't know, elegant on the yeah, page. Yeah, those are some of just... the prettiest pages, those spreads when they're just going full at it. During that run, also we should mention that uh, She-Hulk is in her own to start her own private practice as a solo um practicing lawyer whereas it looks like in the show she is hired she works for a larger or a da isn't that what i did not see that somewhere that on the door that she's assistant district district attorney oh oh is she yeah is she oh maybe she is oh yeah that's what i saw See that, yeah, that you're probably right. I probably was not paying attention. Well, I, to I, that. it took somebody else on the internet. You know, I don't pay attention. Yeah, like some of these folks <laughs> took the internet to show me. That. You trust people on the internet, <laughs> Shelby? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I was like, oh, that might be how they go head to. Yeah, it's either that or like there's a civil case or something. Which is what we get into in the Soul Run is a civil thing. Old yeah. man Steve Rogers. Yes. Yes. A wrongful death suit, and we got Matt on one side and Jen on the other. Matt representing the plaintiff, uh, Jen representing Captain America, and you come to find out later on, surprise, all orchestrated by Captain America because he wanted the best on both sides. So let the showdown begin. 
Yes. And and it is quite a showdown. And it, there's a lot of like lawyer talk in these yes, issues. Yes, it is very courtroom legalese, you know, superhero legalese, heavy, um, lots of text, which isn't usually um, Charles Soule's way he does things with, with the courtroom, though. You needed a lot of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's also funny. I, I love that she calls Matt because she needs a firm to use to go back to California to practice law. And she calls Matt because she's like, I know somebody over there. And she calls Matt and he pretty much is like, OK, no, bye. Nope, got to go. Bye. I kind of compared the courtroom scenes um, from She-Hulk to the one um, in Daredevil during Soul's run. Where, um, yes, it's very like, it looks very much like an le- episode of Law and Order with the She-Hulk run. But in this soul run, when Matt is going up against the Supreme Court, I love that there was that battle with the justices. It was a representation of the argument, but it looked like he was fighting with the Supreme Court judges. So I feel like that was a, a different way that um, the artist and the writer could inter- interpret a court scene. For superheroes. Yeah. It's it's one of the things that's also kind of tricky about doing, adapting like legal work for entertainment. And I mean, we noticed this in, in Daredevil season two with the Punisher, where everything happens like really unnaturally fast. Like, oh, oh yeah. this this uh, trial starts tomorrow. And there is, uh, if going back to like the, the first She-Hulk issues too, like from 1980, there's a lot of that too, where it's like, it doesn't like that the story kind of requires the wheels of justice to turn very, very fast in ways that they don't actually do in real life. And I think it's kind of the same with that, the whole Captain America trial, too. It's like, hey, let's, you know, it's from one day to the next, it's like they're in a courtroom. And I guess that that's one of those things that it's hard to it's hard to get around when you're writing comics because the pacing has to be at a, you know. Well, I mean, it has to be adapted for yeah. comics. <laughs> yeah, and it was such a good, like, issue because there was no hulking out. Like, it was just them going head to head, and I want to see that. Yeah, and I mean, especially on, you know, television and movies, you really can, court drama can be very, very compelling. So it's something that, like, I, you know, we've seen it done really, really well with She-Hulk. And, I mean, it's been done well occasionally in, in the Daredevil comics as well. But it's, and you see it, like, in the these issues that we're talking about now. Um, but it is even easier to do when it's live action. So it's something that I really hope that, um, like, we get a lot of, I mean, everyone's excited to see Daredevil in the new suit and everything. Or newish, old, oldish new, uh, old new. <laughs> reimagined uh, uh, Daredevil suit, but I think we, we're also looking forward to some some legal action between the two, because I think that would be perfect yeah. for television. Okay, then, well, oh, what do you guys think about the lawyer bar? Because that's the next time we get uh, a Jen and Matt crossover is also Charles Soule in the 2015 Daredevil run. Would you guys mm-hmm. like to see the lawyer bar? Yes. 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 <laughs> We get Matt asking Jen for advice this time on his, uh, you know, the big Supreme Court case brief thing, lawyer stuff. And then, of course, you know, it's there's some smashy stuff that goes on. But, yeah, I would love to see the lawyer bar. Was it Tombstone was sent after to mm-hmm. kill Matt to in the hopes of that this case goes away? Yes. <laughs> and she has to hulk out and smash up the bar. And she's like, oh, dear. Yes. <laughs> 
no, it was it was nice to see um, the two of them interacting again. I love that they go to each other for advice. I like the friendly lawyer stuff. Yes, you always need a work bestie. You do, you do, and I don't. I wonder how. I wonder at what point? Because see, okay, so in the She Hulk Soul Run, she knows Matt is Daredevil. Then we go to Soul's Daredevil Run. Purple children, she doesn't mm-hmm. know. Don't remind me. <laughs> I hate memory wipes. I hate I them just, so much. I, I can't wait to see how, if that is going to play out. I really hope that they do, they don't have a uh, mad, okay, let me put it this way. One thing I really appreciated with the, with the Daredevil show was that Matt didn't have to spend very much time around people as Daredevil who didn't know about him. Like there's, I mean, the most I, I, I can remember was like Ben Urich in like the first season, like Ben Urich never finds out. So that kind of makes sense to me, but I have this like kind of aversion to the idea that Daredevil could spend like many, like say several hours around someone and them not figure out that he's blind. Like, I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. So I really appreciate it in the Daredevil show that um, like Claire, she finds out, you know, right away uh, in the Defenders, they find out right away. Like there's no, to me, there's just like, I know that Daredevil is often written in a way where it's like, you're supposed to go along with this notion that he can pretend not to be blind and nobody would notice. And it's like, I just don't buy it. Also buy my book. If you want a full <laughs> explanation of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but joking aside, but I mean, it, it's like, I, I hope they don't strain c- credulity by having, I, I suspect they're going to want to introduce, like have them both find out about each other. Uh, I mean, I guess he would know about her, but I mean, I, I just assume that they, he, she's going to find out about him pretty soon, too, because that's what's happened in all of the previous encounters he's had, like, during the Netflix era. So, Looking hopefully. forward to it, because this is, this is supposed to be, like, the first dramedy, I guess, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. How do y'all feel about lighter Matt, Mo- uh, Matt Murdock? Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's an, a, been a you know, very hot topic on the Daredevil side of the internet, too. It's like, what kind of Matt you want to see? And I feel like even like regular Matt from the, from the um, his own show, he's got that dry, sarcastic wit mm-hmm. that he's always had. And you would not have to write him very differently to have him fit within more of a dramedy context. He can seriously do both and you would not feel like they're violating, like they're breaking the rules for the character or anything. So I do think that the people who are overly concerned about this, hopefully uh, there's not much reason to be concerned because I do think that even the character as we've seen him so far does have a natural range that allows him to fit within this yeah. type of story. I'm looking forward to sort of a, a wilder, funnier, freer Matt, because this is Matt post blip. And if somebody wants to do the snap math for me, what year are we supposed to be in with the show? Like 2023, four? 23 or 24, and I would so say. If we go like time wise, I mean, he's a different person, probably a little bit. And this is supposed to be a continuation of the character. So after the end of season three, he was in a better place. 
mentally, he had his friends back, had this new budding relationship with his mother. So he's in a different place. He's not just going to brood all the time. I mean, I'm sure he will. We all need that. Yeah, (laughs) we all do that, don't we? He'll find a spot to brood in, I'm sure. Yes, but yeah, he's just, he's in a better place. And I guess it also depends on post-snap what happened to him. And, you know, we haven't had confirmation yet of uh, Foggy and Karen returning, but my fingers are crossed and I think we all are. Yeah. No, there, there's so, I mean, there's so many answers, I think, that everybody, that we all want. And that I think we're going to get at least some answers with this because it's, uh, you know, like compared to his, his other previous uh, appearance post Daredevil in, in uh, No Way Home. That was just such a brief scene. Like we learned that he was okay. He's out there practicing law, catching bricks. He's doing that. But we don't know. That's literally the only thing we know. And uh, we don't know, like like you said, what happened with the snap. Was he snapped? Who knows? Either way, I mean, there's going to be... And even like the, the whole thing that he's got this uh, old costume, but with a new twist. It is. It does appear to be like the exact same, but just like painted or with different colors, which is interesting. And uh, and I know a lot of people are reading into that too, because it's like, whoa, this is uh, you know, this is proof that it's uh, it's the old stuff is uh, canon, um, which I don't think any, we were all that concerned about. <laughs> anyway, I, I think it's pretty obvious that they're doing a continuation um, of some kind. But anyway, there's a lot of I think there will be room now that he you know he's going to have at least like more presence and in, in this show than the that brief one scene. So we're gonna find some stuff out, and that's going to be. Really, really interesting. But also, I was thinking we could maybe talk about like some other characters we're, we're looking forward to seeing in the She-Hulk show. And I should mention that I did try to find because the one of the villains is um, this uh, Titania <laughs> character, and uh, she, for people who want to sh- check it out, she and She-Hulk meet during Secret Wars. Or is it Secret War? I always get the two mixed up. There's one Secret War, and then there's Secret Wars. Two different stories. Um, anyway. Uh, but they have uh, in the comics an, a long, long-standing rivalry, uh, and she also appears, I know, during the Soul and Polito issues at the end of that run too. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do with her. But there's like so many yeah, different players. Abomination. I know a lot of people well, are excited. I'm I'm glad we're finally following up with Abomination because. It happened during when Ed Norton was the Hulk. And then we just never really talked about it again. Well, except in Daredevil, ben, in Ben Yurick's office, he had a cover talking mm-hmm. about it. But that was the most we ever got for follow-up. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be really interesting to see how they incorporate And I stuff. am a uh, Benedict Wong fangirl. So anytime that Wong gets to make an appearance, it is the Wong cinematic universe to me. Yes. Anyway, I'm excited <laughs> about that. Anytime Wong shows up and says, Here's what we got to do. We need your help. Let's go. And Wong also introduces an interesting way to travel since he can open portals and just transport himself very easily over great distances. So I'm, I'm wondering if if uh, for um, Matt and Jennifer, if they are going to like meet each other in New York or in L.A. and how they each got to where the other person is if it's like um either some some wong travel agency through the portal or if they are uh, traveling the old-fashioned oh God, way we or... get, can, we, can we see matt in the airport that'd be great yeah, that? yeah. Oh, christine is matt flying the plane oh yeah <laughs> 
Matt, Matt has done uh, uh, a surprising amount of piloting uh, in the Daredevil comic. Um, not probably not something we would want to see adapted for for uh, either the big or the small screen. Oh, but, Tatiana uh, Maslany, did you guys watch Orphan Black? Yes, yes, I, I loved it. I, I always trust Marvel casting, and I think she's gonna mm-hmm. she's gonna nail it. Yeah, she's been. I I I just love everything I've seen of her so far, and I loved Orphan Black, and just the way she like in Orphan Black when you have one actor playing so many, they're all clones, so they're also separate people. They're not just manifestations of one person. They're all very separate people, and she does it so well. You can see even just looking at her face, you can see exactly which clone she was playing, and uh, super super impressed with her as an actress. So. Yeah, I think uh, she and she also. I, I love how they all they all seem to have a lot of fun. Can we get uh, Jamila Jamil as Tatiana? That's very exciting. I loved her in The Good Place. Are we gonna get sexy time? There is that rumor going around. Some brown chicken, brown cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I do. Oh, one thing I did want to talk about though. I do love that um, as someone who has read like all the Silver Age comics and everything. The fact that she seems to be in some kind of like superhero support group with the matador and man bull in that scene, it is that's just hilarious to me. I love that. I, I wonder I wonder how many I mean I wonder if there's gonna be like a lot of Easter eggs uh for uh I, I mean I I'm I guess there will be. I'm I'm sure they're gonna like because that would that would work so well with something that's a dramedy, um, to just have a bunch of Easter eggs just for the fun of it. And um I wonder. I wonder if there's going to be any guest stars that we're not aware of. And I also do wonder how how many episodes that um, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is going to be in. If it's just like the first two. Yeah, everybody. Or... I think is sort of like in. You know, how many? Who's going to be in what? We first heard Matt in only two episodes, and now it seems like it could be more than that. Yeah, I know. We should probably. I, I've seen some people speculate that. Because if you go to like the IMDb page for the show, they have like several characters that are listed for like all nine episodes, including um, Charlie Cox. Or at least they did. Um, let's see what it says now. Yeah, it still says nine episodes. And I would not put too much stock in that because that's quite common um, that you have a show before it's come out. It says Wong nine episodes, Tim Roth nine episodes, Mark Luffro nine episodes. That's no, that's not gonna. It's they're they're not all gonna be in nine episodes. Yeah, there there were some early rumors about Jessica Jones, but I'm thinking maybe we just get a maybe a name drop or something. Mm-hmm. You know if Jessica will also show up in California, that would be wild. But at least there's someone in here called. Uh, I was just looking at the IMDb page now, and one actress listed as bar patron slash diner. So I hope that means there's at least gonna be a bar scene. You guys are requesting a bar scene. I'm like, well, there's at least a bar patron. It could be anything, you know. But um, I'm excited about watching her, you know, her journey between Jen and She Hulk, and like she's talked about being sort of a, you know, not noticed as Jen Walters, and when she trans, you know, luxurious and tall and. I did like during the trailer, she was like, oh, no, but I like these shoes. <laughs> it's like, girl, same. <laughs> yeah. And there's also that great scene where, like, the the Hulk is like, spandex. Spandex is your best friend, which is like, of course, because that I, I, I also hope that they do like more of a modern thing with that. But because they do like they'll have the She-Hulk costume and she, I guess she will wear that underneath whatever else she's wearing. So that regardless of like who, you know, what body she's in, she could just like she'll have that you know, stretch um, to fit her. 
because that's the thing too with like the, the very first run just like you know her cousin uh bruce banner when he changes to the hulk he he always ends up with those like little purple shorts or whatever which is like regardless of what he's wearing but she hulk regardless of what she's wearing will always end up wearing what looks like a torn negligee and uh oh wow it's kind of um yeah it's it's an interesting it's an interesting look i'll say that although i mean you know in, in the in the writer's defense it's not as if um the male version of the Hulk is wearing all that much either, but it's still, it looks like a, looks like a skimpy, sexy outfit, you know? So it's better for her to be, I think, be wearing whatever that, you know, the white purple kind of like bike shorts type. Um, oh, uh, no, it's um, a unit or a unitar. Unitar was the word I was looking for. Yeah. So, so that looks more, much more practical. So do we have anything? Um, we are all super hyped. I mean, and I would be like, we were saying at the beginning, even, without uh, the daredevil appearances but i've seen so far looks really like fun and interesting but of course the daredevil stuff takes it to like uh, did we all watch miss miss marvel i mean miss marvel to me was was disney plus doing television right so that has mm-hmm. got me excited about everything in the future and anytime we've we get more female she power you know i'm ready for that i really enjoyed miss marvel i really did that was like one of the first disney plus shows that i'll go back and rewatch. and it, it felt like proper television too like it's something that was paced like a tv show and and speaking of which i think one thing we should mention also before we go about she hulk is that it is uh from what i heard that the episodes are going to have a runtime of about 35 minutes which i assume is going to be like basically 30 minutes since they always do like five minutes of like post-credit scenes or like not even post-credit that would be fun if there were post-credit scenes, but no, it's just just the credits go on for like five freaking minutes, which which feels kind of wasteful. And another thing that's like, that's what they do in the movies, Marvel. You don't have to do that for TV, like at all. You don't have to. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the post-credit scenes are fine, but like the credits just like, okay, I, I mean, it's nice that you can see everyone who worked on every single issue or sorry, episode, but uh, maybe do that like at the end of like all the episodes so people can yeah there'll be like 20 28 28 minute episodes yeah yeah but i mean they're gonna be probably because they're gonna be nine episodes at least so it's it's like gonna be more episodes than what we're used to but i think maybe they, they are going for more of like a, a sitcom format for like how long the episodes are and i mean if they're if they're well paced and they do it right then it, it'll probably feel like substantial and stuff but i do hope that they can get stuff going pretty quickly so that you're like sucked into the story and it's got a nice good pacing to it that that's um i hope they nail that yeah yeah they keep going marvel you did it with uh miss marvel so going in the right direction with that said um i think we pretty much covered our our final thoughts i think we're all just uh pretty hyped for this stuff and like i said i will go back and read more she hulk and i think um, i will too now i'm intrigued by the Savage She-Hulk run. Yeah, like I said, it was like way better than I thought it was going to be. I hope that this show is the biggest show yet. And this just leads to more Matt and Jen in the future. On the page, on the screen, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that that's a perfect ending. Uh, We want to thank everyone for listening and uh, hope you you had fun with us. And I hope you, uh, we all get to get to celebrate and enjoy the uh, She-Hulk series as it comes out. Yeah, and um, I think we'll be back with, I think that's e- it. we'll be back with Echo 
in oh. the future. We'll do some Echo. Yes, and I think we'll also probably be back with an episode um, about She-Hulk after She-Hulk has concluded, yes. too, yeah, most yes, likely. Yeah. So, so we we can we can look back and see whether our expectations were met. Yeah. So, but that that's a few weeks away. Uh, we get to enjoy this for nine weeks. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just uh, we'll just uh, round it off here and just say thanks everyone again for listening and uh, over and out. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil. For more information about Saved Daredevil, including links to our socials, please visit us at SaveDaredevil.com. Remember, Murdochs always get back up. <laughs> <laughs>